holidays to you. Where might you be from? Oh, really? Oh, that's on planet Earth. One of the many planets in our solar system and one of my most precious creations. The holiday season is the season of giving and planet Earth is among the few planets that possess the gift of life. There are others, but we don't talk about them. Earth has used this precious gift to give way to lush and fertile plains and living creatures. At a time, dinosaurs roamed and conquered the land until a piece of rock just six miles wide changed all that. Hit with the force of 10,000 nuclear weapons, a trillion tons of dirt and rock hurtled into the atmosphere, creating a suffocating blanket of dust. The sun was powerless to penetrate for a thousand years. It happened before. It will happen again. It's just a question of when. Our story begins at a humble business called the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. It's the holiday season and work is winding down after another successful year of space exploration at NASA. <sighs> Project Director Truman is filling his coffee mug in the NASA break room. Another day, another dollar. Until he's interrupted by his anxious assistant, Sal. Uh, hey, boss, you're gonna wanna have a look at this. Sal, you know the rules. Truman indicates to his mug that reads, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. Please, boss, there's trouble. Come on. There's gonna be if there's not. Truman takes a swig of his coffee and quickly follows Sal to the control room. On the projector, Truman observes a live stream of astronaut Pete in space. Pete is very nervous. I, I, uh, I, I just need a few more minutes, that's all. What's the situation? His nerves are shot. Look at his meds. Oh, Jesus. Time to switch to decaf, Pete. Uh, I, I, I can do it. I, me, uh, maybe I should just, just, uh... Hey, Pete, it's Director Truman. How you doing up there, Pete? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, I'm fine, I swear. Listen, Pete, we've got an eye on your meds down here, and I'll give you a buffalo nickel if you can calm down just a little. Can you do that for me? Well, whatever you say. All right, Pete, I'm gonna level with you. It's the last day of Project Atlantis before the holidays. We just need to replace that adapter, Pete. After we wrap this up, we get two weeks paid vacation. You like that, Pete? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I do. I bet you do, Pete, we all do. You got a family, Pete? Uh, uh-huh. Pete, stay with me. I gotta hear about that family. I, I have a wife and two sons. Terrific, Pete. I bet they want their dad home for Christmas. I don't got anybody, Pete. All I got is you and this bozo Sal over here, who I suspect is my secret Santa. Hey, no guessing. I'm gonna lose my mind without you guys, Pete, but we gotta do this. You gotta do this. I do it for you, but we both know that I can't. You can, Pete. It's all on you. I, I, okay. Okay, I think, I think I did it. I think I did it. I, I was just installing it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a common mistake, Pete. Don't sweat it. Folks, we've done it. 
The control room cheers with excitement. Everyone was all set to go home for the holidays. All right, guys, bring him in. Let's go home. Until... Uh, ah, no! <laughs> Space rocks begin crashing into Pete. Pete's head has exploded. Pete, are you okay? Pete is dead. What the hell was that? We've lost all contact. Playback shows multiple bogeys. Uh, I have three, now five. Unidentified tracks, multiple tracks headed towards the Atlantic seaboard. This could be a surprise missile attack. Oh, gee. Large space rocks hurtle through space and collide into the Atlantis shuttle, causing it to explode in a fiery and expensive looking explosion. Tell the president that shuttle Atlantis has just exploded in space. The control room is rabbled with panic. Recognizing the call of duty, Truman finishes his coffee and puts down his mug emphatically. Everybody quiet! That's better. Okay, I want three groups. One, internal malfunction. I want the log tap. Start working backwards, maybe it's a glitch. Two, I want NORAD Space Command and the junk you track in every orbit. I want you to check, recheck, and do it all over again. Number three, wild cards. Anything and everything, all right? And Sal? Cancel my four o'clock. I've got some phone calls to make. NASA knew one thing for certain. Earth was in danger. At the moment, however, Earth was none the wiser. As NASA was busy working, a little astronomer was busy working outside with his very own telescope that he had gotten some Christmas past. Somewhere in New Jersey, Little Carl is gazing at the stars until he's approached by Dottie. Carl, it's getting late. Come on, get inside. Your Stouffer's pot pie is getting cold. Oh, j just a few more minutes. Carl, it's Christmas. I'm close to seeing it. I can feel it. You're looking for him again, aren't you? This is the year. It just has to be. Carl Johnson Smith. How many times do I have to tell you that you're not going to find him with a telescope? He's magic. Besides, he's probably up in his workshop right now, looking to see who's naughty and who's nice, who's sleeping and who's awake, who's left their Stover's pot pie on the kitchen table and- oh, just, just a few more minutes, please. Jesus Christ, Carl, you're 54. Either get inside or I'm getting a divorce. Wait, I, I think I see something. Nice try. I'm not falling for that one again. No, I'm serious this time. Get the yellow pages and call the boys at NASA. They're gonna want to see this. What is it? It looks like a meteor or a group of meteors. Either way, it's headed towards New York City. Sure enough, little Carl's discovery was true. The big nasty meteors collide into New York City. People run and scream and scream and run. The Statue of Liberty is struck off its foundation and sent flying straight into the Empire State Building. On Times Square, a hot dog cart, a taxi, 
and a collection of newsies are sent crashing into a matinee of rent and was described by critics as still better than cats. Trump Towers is a colossal dump and represents the plight of humanity. And then a meteor hit it. The once great city was brought to its knees. Breaking news. Rockefeller tree lighting ceremony interrupted by meteor destruction. I'm dreaming of a fright Christmas. Holiday shopping put on hold as New York City stands in the wake of the greatest destruction in human history. Is Christmas ruined? Meteor destruction suggests maybe more at 11. Meanwhile, back at NASA, Truman is filling his coffee mug for what might be the 10th time for that day. He is pacing nervously in the lobby of the building until he's joined by Sal. Hey, uh, sir, uh, they're here. Entering NASA is General Kinsey and the President of the United States. They do not look impressed. Truman, what is the meaning of this? Sirs, we can explain. You damn well better. Is it the Russians? The Soviets? The USSR? I'm telling you, we have been calling all night. We have zero, I repeat, zero global launches. Well, what is it? Please, Truman, it's Christmas. Can we get on with it? Follow me. Truman leads the general and the president down the halls of NASA. They pass by photographs of past successful missile launches and more than a few photos of Truman under the employee of the month section. The group enters the research lab and are faced with a large print of what appears to be a photograph of space with a ginormous anomaly in the center. Egad, it's ginormous. A rogue comet knocked this thing loose from the asteroid belt. That little light show in New York was just a sample of what this thing can deliver. What, what does it mean? Well, Mr. President, we've documented its dimensions over the last hour with the Hubble telescope. This is it at 1600. Here it is at half past, and here it is moments before you arrived. Sir, do you know what this means? My God. It's, it's growing. Not quite. It's getting closer. This thing is on a trajectory towards Earth. And we didn't see this thing coming? Well, our object collision budget is a million dollars. That allows us to track about 3% of the sky. I'm begging your pardon, sir, but it's a big ass sky. Is this? going to hit us? By all our estimates? Yes. Where exactly? It doesn't matter where. What kind of damage are we expecting? Total, sir. It's what we call a global killer, the end of mankind. No matter where it hits, nothing would survive, not even bacteria. We have 18 days before it hits Earth. But that's... I know, sir. The night before Christmas. Meanwhile, far off in the middle of the South China Sea, there is a large industrial oil rig. Draped across the edge of the rig is a holiday garland with a lavish banner that reads, Happy Holidays from Harry Stamper Oil. Standing near the edge of the rig is Harry Stamper, holding a golf club. He is looking out across the water at a small boat in the distance with a Greenpeace banner draped across the starboard side. The boat is filled with protesters who are furious. Harry laughs to himself as he winds his club for a drive. For 
the protesters loudly rabble as the ball hits their vessel. Harry laughs as his co-worker and longtime pal, Chick, watches in amusement. Harry Stamper, you son of a bitch. What the hell are they so mad about, Chick? It's Christmas. Well, Harry, some folks might think oil drilling is, well, evil. I give them over 50000 a year in donations. I even swapped my Merry Christmas banner with Happy Holidays. What more do these eggheads want? Oh, they're vegans. Maybe don't call them eggheads. Four! Well, since you're mad anyways, they might as well tell you about the number two drill last night. What happened to the number two drill last night? Eh, chewed out at 180 feet. May want to tent for a new one. Chewed out? God damn it. Yeah, that's if you make the nice list. And who do we have to thank for this? I'll give you two guesses, but you're only going to need one. AJ. God damn it, AJ. That boy. Harry hurls his driver into the South China Sea. Uh, I'll put away the milk and cookies. I'm going to go shove a lump of coal up his stocking. Harry grabs another club from his golf bag and makes his way angrily to AJ's sleeping quarters. He barges into his room and finds AJ in his bed with clothes all over the floor. AJ, wearing nothing but underpants and a Santa hat, springs from his bed in a panic. Rise and shine, AJ. We got business to discuss. Harry, hi. Yes, hi. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Yes, sorry. Merry Christmas. Well, maybe not so, Mary, AJ. Not for you, at least. Right. You're pissed. Okay, I'm sorry. No, y you know what, AJ? I'm not pissed. You've seen me pissed. This is way, way beyond pissed. You know, someday, many years from now, when you're all grown up and you got your own business and eight million of your own money on the contract, you can do whatever comes into that little AJ idiot in mind of yours. My daughter... Grace might think it's cute, but guess what? I don't, and I'm not my daughter Grace. Do I look like my daughter Grace? No, I don't. I look like a man who runs an oil rig, AJ. But as long as it says Harry Stamper Oil on this rig, you will not disobey my rules. You got that? Yeah, I do got it, 100%. You're the man, Harry. Right now, all I need to hear from you is five little words, AJ. You think you can manage that? Five words. I'll never do that again. Got it? I'll never do that again. I was a moron. It's your rig, your rules, so- Jesus, boy, look at the state of your room. It's a mess. And look at your bed. It's all lumpy and moundy. Here, let me smooth it out with my golf club and we'll- Oh, don't! What? I was just gonna whack it a few times. That's how real men make their beds, AJ. But seriously, look at this place. You've got twice the amount of clothes lying around that a normal person would have. Get a hamper, boy. I'll add it to the list, Harry. I'll take care of it right now, as soon as you leave. Well, I'm headed to do some laundry myself. Why don't I just grab these sheets and- No! Why the hell not? I'm doing you a favor, boy. No! I, um... Had, had a nocturnal emission. A nocturnal emission. Yep. AJ, you ever think maybe there's something you didn't need to tell me? 
Harry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry about the drill. I just thought if I kept going, we'd strike oil, but it chewed out. Then I came back and was so tired. I just threw my clothes everywhere. And I guess all the excitement from drilling got me a little excited. That's all. Now, I'll take care of everything if you just... What's going on? Nothing. I just thought that if... How long have you worked for me? Five wonderful years. In five years, you never apologized to me that fast. Harry looks around the room. He spots a pair of lady underpants on the floor and picks them up with his club. This is an example of something you need to tell me about. That, you know, I'm at a loss for words. Harry looks to AJ's bed and removes the bedsheet, revealing Harry's only daughter, Grace. She is embarrassed, annoyed, and the owner of the underpants. God dang it, Grace. Hi, Harry. How many times have I asked you to call me dad? Sorry, Harry. Grace, I want you to do two things. Get dressed and get me my gun. AJ jumps out the window and flees for safety. Running ain't gonna help you, boy. Harry chases after AJ across the rig and other workers are watching the exhibition. Harry has acquired his shotgun and is ready for the hunt. Make your peace with God, AJ. Harry, what is wrong with you? It's Christmas. Harry, this is not funny. Come on, it's Christmas. Harry's co-worker Bear steps in Harry's path. Out of the way, Bear. Hey, man, just giving my boy a head start. I kid, I kid, you're her father. Do your thing. Harry moves past Bear, but is blocked by a team of Max and Rockhound holding a beam. Guys, come on, move. Sorry, Hair. AJ's a sweet dude. Maybe give him a chance. Max, he slept with my daughter on my rig. My rig. Uh, besides, it's not like there's many other options on here for, you know, a little action. Rub-a-dub-dub, you know what I'm saying, Harry? Rockhound, either move or kiss your Christmas bonus goodbye. Move! Oscar, another co-worker, approaches Harry. Harry, what you're witnessing is a beautiful thing. Oscar? It's like, wow. Love can still be found even on an oil rig. It's a Christmas miracle, man. Come on. Oscar, that easygoing charm won't work on me, boy. Harry fires his shotgun in the air. Bear, Max, Rockhound, and Oscar get back to work. And most importantly, out of Harry's way. Only Chick remains at his side. Did you know about this? Did everybody know about this? Harry, you told AJ's dad before he died you'd take care of him, and I'm not sure shooting him is taking care of him. Yeah, it was before I caught him in bed with my daughter. Well, not to mention, I don't think you want to kill the best man in your crew before you strike oil. That holiday bonus is going to be because of him. I ain't going to kill him. I'm just going to blast his kneecap. Remember Tiny Tim? He had one good leg and everybody loved him. Yeah, but he wasn't an oil driller. And was fake. Harry! Put the gun down. You're acting insane. Grace, go get some clothes on and get out of my way. You can't control my life. Harry, all right, it was funny for a minute. Now it's not funny anymore. Harry blasts at AJ again, narrowly missing him. Harry, just calm down. All right, let's be serious. Man to man. I love her. Way wrong answer. 
Harry blasts at AJ again. This time, a piece of shrapnel strikes AJ in the leg. Ah! God damn it! Oh, now, Harry, it's, it's getting real. Harry, stop it. Oh, come on, he's fine. It's just a ricochet. Yeah, it's all fine until someone gets shot in the leg. Dad, AJ is my choice. My choice. You understand that? Where's your Christmas spirit? My Christmas spirit? Christmas spirit is about goodwill towards uh, other people and stuff. This, Gracie, is not goodwill. This is you messing around with an idiot whose dream is to pitch an idea on Dragon's Den. Come on, Gracie. He has a dream, Dad. He's driven. And God help me if I'm drawn to someone who has drive and wants to do something with his life that is more than just living and dying on a damn oil rig in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere? For your information, we are only 677 kilometers from Vietnam. That is far from the middle of nowhere. Oh, my mistake. You're right, Harry. Why don't we just call mom and tell her that? Oh, wait, we can't because she- Don't say it. Because she left you. She left you for Richard Attenborough, a real man. He's an actor, a nobody, a nothing. I knew taking her to see Miracle on 34th Street was a bad idea. Your mom just got wowed by the razzle-dazzle of Hollywood and men dressed as Santa Claus. She doesn't know what she's missing out on here in this rig. She made a choice. She chose that her life was worth living and oh my God, what I wouldn't give for a taste of that. Haven't you ever wondered if there was something more to life than drilling? Something more important? My greatest fear is that I wake up one day and realize I've lived the exact same life as you. Grace. I spent my whole childhood on this rig with you, drilling for oil and chasing off Greenpeace. I was playing with titanium depth gauges when I should have been writing letters to Santa. I was raised by roughnecks and now you get all shocked and shaken when I fall in love with one? You listen to me, Grace. No, you listen to me, Harry. I grew up. Merry Christmas. Harry watches as his daughter walks away with her limping boyfriend, who is still very much in his underpants. In that moment, Harry is faced with the tough realization that Grace may have grown up without him realizing. Back at NASA, Truman, the General, and several NASA employees are arguing about the best methods of saving the world from an asteroid in time for Christmas. Come on, guys. We've got to come up with something realistic here. We've got 18 days. That's 431 hours until Christmas. Time's a luxury we don't have. With the proximity of the asteroid, none of these prep plans can work. Any ideas, any programs, anything you sketched on a pizza box or a cocktail napkin. For 30 years, they questioned the need for NASA. Today, we're going to give them the answer. What do we got? What if we just blast the thing with a nuclear warhead? Send that sucker right out of the sky! For the last time, no. Uh, you never want us to bust out the nukes. And those might be our only option. Now is not the time for Frady Cats, Mr. Truman. Well, this Frady Cat doesn't need nine lives to tell you that this thing is three times the size of Texas, and any attempt of blowing it up from the outside is only going to make it smile and laugh and keep on course. So, if we can't point and shoot at this thing, what the hell else is the U.S. military good for? What are we supposed to do? 
Well, why not blow it up from the inside? What? I mean, it doesn't take an idiot to understand that detonating it from inside is better than attacking it from the outside. It's not rocket science. Well, I guess it kind of is. Why don't you break it down for us? Oh, gee. Well, you know, imagine a firecracker just on the palm of your hand. You set it off. What happens? You just burn your hand, right? But what if? Instead, you close your fist around that same firecracker and you set it off. Then... Then your wife is going to be the one opening your eggnog for the rest of your life. Bingo. Are you suggesting we blow this thing up from the inside? Yes, that, that's precisely what I've been saying. That's absurd. That idea is crazy, Truman. It is. So crazy, it just might work. How? We drill. Truman begins making calls to find the world's best driller. Three dozen research calls later, Truman discovers the same man is recommended. He's worked on every terrain this planet can offer. Whenever they said it couldn't be drilled, this guy drilled it. They will recruit the world's best deep core driller. Enter Harry Stamper. Meanwhile, back on Harry's oil rig, he and his crew are faced with an emergency of their own. She's gonna blow! Harry and his crew are desperately fleeing for safety as oil is erupting from the well. We got oil! We got oil! We did it! Harry, we did it! Am I a genius or what? We shut this well down for a reason, AJ. The relief valve is fried. Chick, get everyone to safety. Me and this idiot here are gonna fix this mess. After great effort, Harry and AJ manage to get the well under control. The workers cheer at their success. Harry, I didn't know. I wasn't thinking. Exactly. You weren't thinking, were you? If this is about Grace... Don't say my daughter's name, boy. You only care about yourself. Somebody could have gotten killed because you were only looking out for you. You want that on your conscience? There's no room for that on my team. Maybe it flies over on Dragon's Den, but not here. I don't know. I don't watch the show. You were never a team player, AJ. You never will be. But Harry, it's Christmas. Pack your bags. You're fired. Suddenly, Grace arrives, looking panicked. Harry? Say goodbye to your boy toy, Gracie. Harry, we got company. A helicopter has landed on Harry's makeshift golf course on the edge of his rig. General Kinsey appears and approaches Harry. If you're here because of Greenpeace, you can tell those silly bastards their check is in the mail. I'm not here for Greenpeace, sir. I'm here for Harry Stamper. I'm General Kimsey of the U.S. military. We need to leave immediately. This is urgent. What? Did Crazy Willie put you up to this? What? Is, is this some kind of holiday prank? Come on. I'm afraid I don't know Crazy Willie. But if you're Harry Stamper, we need to leave now, sir. It's top secret. Fine. Only if Grace comes. What? Right this way, Miss Stamper. God damn it, Harry. I'm not your little girl anymore. Grace! I'll... I'll call you! No, you won't, AJ. No, you won't. Harry and Grace step aboard the helicopter and fly away, journeying beyond the horizon. 
The rest of Harry's crew on the rig were unsure how to react to such a sudden departure and decided to postpone their annual office Christmas party and begin their holiday vacation. After several tense hours of flying, Harry and Grace arrive at NASA and are welcomed by Truman. How was the flight? I ran out of peanuts halfway through the movie. There wasn't a movie. There wasn't any peanuts either. Welcome to NASA, Mr. Stamper. If you'll excuse us, miss, your dad and I have some business to discuss. Anything you have to say to me, you can say to her. Very well. Just so you know, everything I share with you is government top secret confidential. This isn't something to go gabbing about at Bridge Club. With all due respect, sir, I'm more of a canasta man. Please, just tell us what's going on. Truman takes Harry and Grace inside NASA. He offers them each a coffee and candy cane, to which they politely decline. Once seated, Truman shares with them everything that has transpired in the past 24 hours. So when this asteroid came loose from the belt, a bunch of other shrapnel came loose with it, and for the next few weeks we'll be using Earth as target practice. But once the big kahuna hits, and we estimate it'll hit the Pacific, we're anticipating a tidal wave over three miles high with every ocean on Earth reaching a boiling point. It will be global devastation. We estimate it'll be colliding in 17 days. 17 days? But, but that's... The night before Christmas. Believe us, Miss Stamper, we know. And you're gonna go blow this thing up. This is serious, then. Completely and utterly serious, Mr. Stamper. How big is it? Three times the size of Texas, sir. Everything's bigger in Texas. Why are you telling us this? There's something I'd like to show you. Truman takes Harry and Grace to NASA's secret workshop, where a pair of identical tractor-sized drills are stationed next to a group of astronauts. The astronauts are all of the same build and height, are confident, determined, and secure in the size of their penises. Welcome to NASA's workshop. These little projects might look familiar to you. Yeah, they're familiar. I designed them. Didn't know NASA had the keys to the U.S. Patent Office. We have the keys to a lot of places, Mr. Stamper. Well, too bad you and your boys did a piss-poor job putting it together. With all due respect, that's why we brought you here. To tell us what we specifically did to do such a bad job. I'm not saying you did a bad job. I said you did a poor job. Specifically, a piss-poor job. Yes, but why? Because you didn't let me do the job. I made these designs with one builder in mind, and that's yours truly. Not a bunch of NASA Boy Scouts to come and put it together half-assed so they can drill themselves to an early grave. These are some of the greatest minds in the country, sir. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're brilliant at maths and, and stuff, and maybe they can do that cat's cradle game that I could never figure out. But they don't know nothing about drilling. And you do. I mean, I'm here, aren't I? You came for me. Truman, this stuff ain't Ikea furniture. You need a pro behind the wheel of this puppy. Just then, the air changed between Harry and Truman, as if somehow by magic, a little bit of holiday spirit paid them a visit. In that moment, Truman got an idea three times the size of Texas. So why don't you do it then? Do what? Why don't we send you into space? Fuck off. No, I'm serious. We could train you in 14 days and send you into space to lead a team to drill into the asteroid. Yeah, 
You almost fooled me, Truman. You almost had me. I'm serious. We could send you up. No, I meant about you saying that these are some of the greatest minds in the country. You eggheads want to send me up under that space rock? Are you out of your mind? With all due respect, we're running low on options. Is this not the drill to get the job done? Absolutely. Are you not the driller to do the job? No mission of any caliber at this stage is orthodox. Every option has the same margin of error, and that error is endgame for all of us. Your country needs you, Mr. Stamper. I didn't expect the fate of the world to lie in the hands of a driller, but that's where we're at. I do it myself, but that's not the hand I was dealt. The world depends on it. Christmas depends on it. This could be your chance to do something really important. Harry looks over at Grace, who is listening intently from a distance. He remembers her as a child on Christmas morning after her mother left, opening her stocking to find a socket wrench. For the second time that day, he is faced with the cold reality that she isn't his little girl anymore. Is it easier to train a driller to be an astronaut than to train an astronaut to be a driller? I honestly don't know. Well, Truman, I guess we're about to find out. So, will you do it? Yes, sir. We're sending up two shuttles, two teams. If I do this, I'm gonna wanna take my own crew. You got it. What could go wrong? As the sun rises on a new day, Harry and Truman shake hands. Then, as if on cue, it begins to snow. We've got some work to do. Harry's crew has just been let off on Christmas vacation, and once they're off the rig, they scatter to all corners of the country. The FBI find Bear, the team's muscle, moonlighting as a department store Santa Claus in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ho, ho, ho! What would you like for Christmas, little... Oh, <laughs> hello, officers. Aren't you a little old to sit on Santa's lap? My kid, I kid! Santa's innocent. Santa did his time already. Next, they find Rockhound. He's called Rockhound because, well, we don't know why, but he sounds suspiciously like John Mulaney. He's found attempting to seduce carolers in New Orleans. Hey lady, you got a great set of pipes. Anyone ever tell you that? What we'll say after this next hymn, you and I, uh, uh, Sorry, officers, I was just asking her out for a nice cup of eggnog. Isn't that right, miss? You're over 18, right? Officers, what do you want from me? Next, we find Chick, Harry's right hand on the rig. He's found at the craps table at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. Come on. Come on, you son of a bitch. Daddy needs an eight ball. Oh, oh, uh, Merry Christmas, officers. Did I, did I say eight ball? I meant my, my pool table for my, for my son. Christmas, or going to jail, aren't I? The team would also need a geologist on hand. Enter Oscar, who can be found tending to his horses on a ranch in El Paso. Whoa, whoa, easy girl. I mean, wow, you're so fussy. Are you gonna let me put the antlers on your head this year or what? A Clydesdale could definitely be a reindeer. Don't be so hard on yourself. I didn't name you Blitzen for nothing. Uh, Merry Christmas officers. Uh, this isn't animal cruelty, I, I checked. And then there's Max. Lovable Max is home with his mother in Colorado, showing her his Christmas gift to her, in the form of a tattoo on his buttocks. You see, Ma? 
It says mom. Only thing is I didn't need to know. <laughs> you get it, huh? Huh? It's because my sphincter's the O. Ma, come on, wake up. This is funny. You know I love you. Oh, hey, officer. No, I, I did. I'm not doing nothing. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get in the van. Can I put my pants on first? With Bear, Rockhound, Chick, Oscar, and Max, Truman has just about assembled everyone needed to make up Harry's unprecedented mission into space. You have everyone you need? Who's gonna run the other rig? The only other person who could run it as well as I could would be AJ. I thought you said you couldn't trust AJ. I thought you said I could. Do you need me to send another agent? No, I'll go myself. Across town, Harry travels to a large warehouse. On the entrance, there's a sign that reads, AJ Frost, Inc. AJ Frost, President. Yep, it's pretty great running my own business, Harry. People didn't think I could run and operate my own factory barely 24 hours after getting fired off your rig, but you know what? That's the magic of... Let me guess. Christmas? Dragon's Den. They took my idea, streamlined the process, and here we are. AJ Frost, president of my very own t-shirt company. Look at this shirt, Harry. It's a duck giving the middle finger. And, and what's it say? AJ. It says, suck it. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Why would a duck tell you to suck it? And, and look at this shirt. It's got a rooster. And what's he say? Okay, well, he's also telling you to suck it. That's a poor example. This is our suck it collection. And most of them are just birds giving the bird. But you get the idea. Very impressive, AJ. No one telling me what to do. No one shooting me in the leg. It's great, you know. You don't have a gun on you now, do you? No? Okay, good. I just wanted to circle back to the thing you said. You asking me for help? Little old uh, AJ has to help out Big Boss Hog Harry. Does that mean there's a project that the great Harry Stamper can't do himself? I guess so. Hey, I'd love to help you, Harry. I really would. I would just need to hear five little words. AJ, I'm sorry. I respect you. In fact, I look up to you as an inspiration. Your t-shirt business is really taking off, and I'd like a men's XL, and truly, I need you. That might be a little more than five words, but... AJ, I assure you, there's not a job on this planet I would want to do with you. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. So I guess I'll just go back to... Uh... Get in the car, AJ. But you said you said you didn't want to... Just get in the car. Harry and AJ share a tense ride in the back of an FBI van as they head to NASA to join the rest of Harry's team. 16 days until impact. Harry's motley crew of drillers are all seated around a table in NASA's meeting room. There is much excitement around the table, despite the fact that the crew have only just seen each other less than 24 hours ago back on the rig. Thank you for joining us under such short notice, everyone. What's going on, man? NASA find gold on Uranus? I kid, I kid. Thank you, Bear. There will be time for pleasantries and tomfoolery soon enough. I've got to share with you all some urgent news. Truman shares the news about the asteroid on a collision course with an estimated impact in under 16 days. 
on the night before Christmas. So, the United States government just asked us to save the world. Anyone want to say no? Yes, I would like to say no. Yeah, this sounds like it could be the worst mistake in NASA history. I kid, I kid! But seriously, this sounds like perhaps a poor choice. We're not astronauts! Come on, Hare! And it's Christmas! Well, I never. I thought I had a crew of roughnecks. I thought I had a crew that would face any challenge and rise to any opportunity. I'm ashamed and disappointed in most of you, especially AJ. V? I didn't even say anything! What's going on? Hey guys, wow. I just want to say thanks for the offer. That's just, wow. I'm a little speechless. What's it like up there? What's the environment like? It's been described by our team of psychologists as emotionally paralyzing. It has been known to cause what medical journals refer to as space madness. Got it. Scariest environment imaginable. That's all you had to say. Scariest environment imaginable. Hi, yes, excuse me. This is Rockhound. Hi, NASA. Are you telling us that this thing is supposed to hit on Christmas Eve? What? Come on. What a bunch of baloney. With all due respect, this asteroid doesn't really give two shits what day of the year it is. Or who's in its path. If that thing hits, it's lights out at Rockefeller Square. But wouldn't you agree that we're perhaps criminally underqualified to go to space? No, not at all. Well, yes. But we'll see that you are trained and looked after by the best supports NASA can provide. But none of that means a lick if you don't have the Christmas spirit. Come on, guys. We can do it. Check. Who's had my back at every goddamn turn? You son of a bitch. And Rockhound. Remember that time we were planning a New Year's party and we needed fireworks? Who got the order signed, sealed, and delivered from Taipei in less than 24 hours? That was me. Bear, who supported over two dozen beams by hand when our scaffolding fell apart and still wanted to arm wrestle that Latvian investor. Sounds like a guy who should be in the circus. I kid, I kid, it was me. Max, my boy, Max. Who helped us raise funds for Grace's Girl Guide cookies thing by buying like $8,000 worth of cookies on the last day because I forgot to bring them to the office break room? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was you, bud. Oscar, you have a PhD in geology. You might actually be qualified for this. I mean, wow. I'll give it a shot. AJ. Yes, sir? Shut up. We need you guys. Now once again, for dramatic effect, I'm gonna ask this question. The United States government has just asked us to save the world. Anyone wanna say no? Harry Stamper, you son of a bitch. Guys, come on. This, this is big. This is once in a lifetime stuff, man. Real true blue hero stuff. I'm in. While I don't share his enthusiasm, you know me. Beat me up, Scotty. You all right, Max? Ah. 
I'll do whatever you think is best here. What about you, Bear? It's a hard no from me, dog. I kid, I kid. You know I don't leave anyone behind, especially on Christmas. You the man, Bear. That leaves you, AJ. What do you think? AJ looks across the NASA meeting room and sees Grace. After a brief moment of longing, he knew what he had to do. Yeah. I'm in two. All right. We go. Now, I don't mean to be the materialistic weasel that gets us on the naughty list, but you think we'll get hazard pay out of this? I'm just saying, if we're going to wet our whistle, let's do it. While Harry and his team were now in agreement that they were going to go to space to explode the giant space rock to save the Earth in time for Christmas, General Kimsey pulled Truman aside to air some concerns. These people are unfit for this mission. Have you not run a background check on any of them? I did, and I'm actually encouraged by it. Chick served in the Air Force, and one of them is a grad of MIT. We've also got robbery, armed robbery, arrest, resisting arrest. One has a collection from the mob, and two have done serious time. The list goes on. My military has some of the best trained soldiers in the country, and we're trusting the fate of the world with, with the island of misfit toys. I wouldn't trust these idiots with a chimpanzee throwing shit on a pile of manure. Ah, and here's this fearless leader now. Good day, Mr. Stimp. Morning, Truman. Morning, General Kimsey. I've got good news. The crew is on board. Wonderful. But, uh, they had a few requests. Such as? Uh, just a few things here and there. Oscar, he has some unpaid parking tickets, something to do with trying to park a horse in the downtown sector. And Bear, he wants to spend the night in the White House, specifically in the president's suite. I don't know if he wants to have like friends over or, you know, you can ask him that. Uh, then there's Max. He wants to know if you can get Van Halen back together. Like, I don't know if he knows that Eddie Van Halen just died. That's, I'll let you guys be the one to tell him. Um, they all want Jan Arden tickets. I know they're hard to come by. She's one of Canada's uh, most uh, popular acts right now. And Chick, what the Chick say? Oh yeah, he mentioned something about, you know that big mountain of cocaine that they have in the movie Scarface? Well, he would really like a copy of Scarface on DVD, if, uh, if at all possible. So, you know, just a few basic material things. Christ, Truman. Is this the guy I think we're Santa Claus? Oh, um, right. One last thing. The guys, they want to have statues made of themselves and erected on the moon. Earth's moon. I think we can manage that. Great. Now, if you'll excuse us, I think there's some drills me and the boys should have a look at. Not so fast, Mr. Stamper. Mm hmm? Before we do things your way, we gotta do things my way. Say what? To make sure Harry and his crew are ready to go to space with barely a fortnight's worth of prep, Truman arranges that the team undergo a complete analysis. This includes a medical review, where each crew member has a private meeting with the NASA nurse. Hey, I don't know where you're planning on sticking that thing, Doc. 
technically, one of my toes on my left foot is missing. I can't, I can't. But seriously, I could have benefited from medical attention long ago. I broke my arm when I was in college, but didn't get it checked out. It still clicks a little, but it's basically fine. Plus, I can bend it like this. I don't know if that'll be helpful for the mission, but it's popular at parties. Next came the physical review. 10 jumping jacks. Guys, guys, I'm gonna puke. I, I can't, I can't. Max, the, the test hasn't started yet. Just go on without me. And finally, the psychological review, where the crew has private sessions with NASA psychologists. You wanna know about my dad? Why do you wanna know about him? Why, why does the review need to be in a soundproof room? What do I need analysis for? I'm fine. I kid, I kid. We could all benefit from counseling now and again. We're only human. Let me guess, we're gonna do that Rorschach test where I have to look at the ink blots and I tell you what I see. Well, tell you what, I'll tell you what I see once you actually show me an ink blot, not 150 pictures of a penis. Now, come on, let's get with the test. Okay, so maybe I didn't know my dad that well, and maybe I projected a lot of those feelings onto Harry. Big deal. It's not like it's obvious. And definitely not weird that I'm in love with his daughter. Not like she's my sister, right? I can say without hyperbole, this is the most uncomfortable I've ever been. You know, you're a good listener. Can I call you? I kid, I kid, you're a professional and I respect your boundaries. All right, fine. You want to know my deal? I'll tell you. I'm overqualified for this mission. It's true. I graduated high school at age 14, big whoop, accepted to MIT, and I had my honors thesis published before my 20th birthday. Who cares? Now, drilling. You want to know why I like drilling? It's the only job where they let me play with dynamite, and I like that. Now, could you tell me a little bit more about this space madness? Sounds like a hoot. With the crew's evaluation complete, the results were somewhat mixed. What do you think, Truman? Do you think they'll survive being shot up into space? Frankly, I'm amazed they survived the tests. I know these guys are pretty rough around the edges, Truman, but you can't give up on them. I'm not giving up. Not for a damn minute. Why on earth do you believe in us so much? You know, it's just a gut feeling. Christmas is a time of miracles, and what we could use right now is a miracle three times the size of Texas. Sure, I could leave this mission in the hands of professional operatives and stick to my duties repairing orbiting satellites that stream HBO to the homes of good people across the globe, but I'm sorry, Mr. Stamper, that just ain't Christmas. We might need more than Christmas spirit or a gut feeling to get this job done. You know I'd be up there with you all, but that just wasn't the cards I was dealt. What do you mean? When I was a kid, I wanted nothing more than to go to space. I watched Star Trek, Star Trek The Next Generation, and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I'd watch thinking, wow, these guys are the real heroes, not some pencil pushers who don't make a difference. I wanted to be like those guys. Truman, fixing TV satellites is important. It is. It's because of you. Other people get shows like that streamed into their homes, and they get to see different kinds of products for sale. It's the engine of commercialism, Truman. I know it's important. Sure, I got a six-figure salary, full health and dental, but it's not the same. It's not space. I wanted to be an astronaut, like Data or Riker. But when I went to apply for NASA, 
when I wrote my name, I wrote it first name, last name. It's supposed to be last name, first name, Harry. Everyone knows that. I blew it. I failed before I could even try. I was banned from ever applying again. The rule with NASA astronaut tests is that you can only apply once in a lifetime, and once in a lifetime means once in a lifetime. So tell me, Harry, does Grace want anything from Santa Claus this year? Grace is in like her late 20s. I don't think she- When I was a kid, I wanted to go to space. Really? All I wanted was that patch they wore on their uniforms, that symbol. The one that says you're the real deal. I think you can just buy those. No, 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 no. It's gotta be the real deal. Real space. But I'll never have one, Harry. I have to live with that. That's why I took this pencil pusher job. When my hopes and dreams of being an astronaut were dashed, I told myself, if I ever had any level of authority in this godforsaken business, I won't turn on anyone. Not even someone who is grossly or criminally underqualified. I won't turn anyone away from chasing their dreams, even if they don't know it's their dream yet. Everyone wants to be an astronaut. Everyone. So that's what I meant by a gut feeling. Harry, you know, if I have one regret from this mission, it's that we have to sneak you into space. No one on Earth can know about this mission. I kind of figured you haven't been telling everybody the same way you told us. Oh, we can't tell a soul. The minute word of this potential devastation leaks, it'll be madness. Social services would break down, religious hysteria, cats and dogs living together. Basically the worst parts of the Bible. Let's pray nothing else happens until the mission. Cheers to that. Merry Christmas, Harry. Merry Christmas, Truman. Hey, uh, guys. What is it, Sal? Sorry to interrupt, guys. We've got some news. We better turn on the TV. On television, news from all over the globe was reporting incidents of destruction from meteor shrapnel from space, launching Earth citizens into a panic. breaking news. The leading tower of Pisa is being pelted by what appears to be large space rocks. Paris, city of frights. The Eiffel Tower has exploded on impact from a meteor shower. The Sydney Opera House has exploded, not in ticket sales, but in a fiery devastation. Well, Truman, I think the cat's out of the bag. Is this the rapture? Pope suggests maybe, or perhaps space has declared war on Earth. Citizens of Earth will be turning to NASA for answers. Truman prepares for a major press conference before every conceivable form of media on planet Earth. They are in a rabble and demanding answers. People, people, please. I know things are bleak, but I have the unfortunate duty to share with you some incredibly vital exposition, so please listen closely. An asteroid is headed for Earth. In just over two weeks, it will impact the planet, causing a complete global destruction. Estimated impact date? is the night before Christmas. I know, but please, citizens, know that we are working to prevent this disaster. As we speak, we are in the process of training an elite team of operatives to destroy the asteroid. The plan is for this team to be launched into space. 
will be sending two shuttles into space to slingshot around the moon, land on the asteroid, drill and drop a remote detonator, and blow that miserable space rock out of the sky. You'll be enjoying turkey dinner Christmas Day, safe from global annihilation. Uh, yes, this is Chet Chedison from Newsly News. I have a question. What episode of Looney Tunes is this plot based off of? Now listen, great care was taken into perhaps the most important component of this mission. Naming the shuttles. We've spent the last two weeks rigorously debating what possible names would inspire an endless supply of Christmas spirit for both the crew and all of us here on Earth. Debates were tense. All options were on the table. We discussed Santa and Frosty from popular lore. We discussed Jimmy and Stuart, also from popular lore. Olive and the other reindeer were discussed and promptly abandoned because, damn it, this is Christmas, not a dog and pony show. Ultimately, we decided to abandon conceptual symmetry and go with Rudolph and the Dickens. Our team of operatives will be blasting off in Rudolph and the Dickens in approximately 24 hours. We noticed you didn't call them astronauts previously. Is there a reason to that? Well... Yes. See, they're not astronauts. They're private industry oil drillers based out of the South China Sea. People, get a hold of yourselves. These are professional drillers. They're really good, like really good. Harry Stamper is the best there is. He designed the drills that the team will be using and there's one aboard both shuttles. General Kimsey has insisted we have backup, so we're sending along special military space operative Colonel Willie Sharp. He'll be overseeing the mission and piloting the Rudolph shuttle with a NASA pilot behind the wheel of the Dickens. We have this under control. We're asking that the country, nay, the world, look inside themselves and find their Christmas spirit. Trust that spirit that tells you that miracles can happen. Thank you. Merry Christmas. As Truman and the media crowd dissipate, General Kimsey keeps Colonel Willie afterwards for a private discussion. Oh, Willie, has the whole world gone mad? It does seem a tad unorthodox, sir. I don't trust Truman or his motley crew of dumbasses. But I trust you, kid. You played football in college, and I like that. You've got a bright future ahead of you. But I need to make sure you and I are on the same page. If anything suspicious goes on up there that's beyond our control down here, I trust you to take matters into your own hands. What do you mean? General Kimsey hands Colonel Willie a handgun. If anything goes wrong, don't do anything I wouldn't do. One way or another, that bomb is going off. And we're saving Christmas. Our way. <laughs> You have my word. Merry Christmas, General. Christmas, Colonel. Training for Harry and his crew has been rigorous. Tensions ran high in the shuttle naming debates when AJ pitched the names Olive and the other reindeer, which led to many questioning his intelligence. NASA introduced a series of trust exercises to restore the cohesiveness of the team. Trust falls. Pictionary. That one game you play when someone wears a blindfold and has to walk around a little. The works. 
One day of training remains as AJ leads the Dickens crew through a drill test. However, Harry's trust has not been restored. Truman, look at AJ. What is he doing? Come on, guys. We can do this. This drill can handle the speed. We can get this done fast. We'll be leaving Harry's team in the dust. That drill is not designed to operate at that speed. He's being reckless. Come on, guys. Keep going. What is he doing? He's going to blow the mission. If you're thinking on swapping a member of your team, now's the time to make the change. But, Truman, we leave tomorrow. Now is not the time to make a change. Are you mad? I will send anyone to space. Come on, guys. We got this. All right. Uh, AJ, enough. Enough. I'm calling it. Enough. What? What are you doing? You know damn well what I'm doing, AJ. You keep going at this rate with the drill, you could blow out the motor. That thing blows, so does your crew. You want that on your conscience? Harry, I... I don't even know why I picked you for this. You're not a team player. You never have been. Harry, just... Just give me another chance, okay? Let me prove myself. Fine. If you can save the world, I'll give you my blessing with grace. Harry, she's her own woman. She doesn't need permission. Oh, she can, she can marry whoever she wants. But my blessing is the difference between a long, happy life with my daughter and me making your life a living H-E double hockey sticks. You got that? Dragon's Den? You mess this up, I'll mess you up. Harry, this isn't time for a father of the bride subplot. If we mess up, we're dead. All of us. There'll be no me and Grace, no Earth, no... No Christmas. Exactly. So don't screw it up. Merry Christmas, AJ. Later that night, AJ and Grace are having a picnic. They decide to relax in the back part of the Rudolph shuttle, the part that shoots out the flames and fuel to rocket the shuttle into space. Not the safest part of the ship to sit in, I can assure you. Also, I'm not sure how they were able to sneak into this part of the NASA headquarters. My guess would be they paid off the security guard. Anyways, they're having a picnic and having a high-minded discussion. Why do you think they call the animal cracker an animal cracker? It's not really a cracker. You're so funny. I mean, it's sweet, which suggests it's a cookie, you know? Oh my god, you're hilarious. That's so true! What's going on in the animal cracker industry? Why isn't anyone talking about this? <laughs> Stop! You're making them make me pee! <laughs> Just then, Harry arrives, out of sight to AJ and Grace. He was about to have a cigarette in the back of the Rudolph shuttle because he thought it would be cool as fuck. This has been a good day for the NASA security guard, but unfortunately for Harry, he can't have his nightly smoke the way he planned, but he overheard his daughter and AJ before he turned to leave. Merry Christmas, Grace. Merry Christmas, AJ. Speaking of Mary, will you marry me? Harry is shocked. Of course I will. Just promise me you'll come home. Harry leaves angrily. I promise. Harry leaves the NASA headquarters and lights a cigarette. He is rage smoking because he is about to gain a nitwit son-in-law and because he really wanted to smoke in the shuttle. As he begins to drag on what is either his second or third smoke, he puts it out hastily as Grace arrives. Harry, what are you doing here? Well, oh, uh, nothing. 
just just coming out to look at the stars. Here? In this precise spot? Hey, I, I don't have to explain myself. I'm your father. Grace pulls out a pack of cigarettes and lights one in front of her father. Wait, what? Since when do you smoke? No, oh, I always smoke after... I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't have to explain myself either. Look, Harry, I've been wanting to talk to you for a little while now uh, about what I said back on the rig. I want to apologize. No, Grace, please, no, don't apologize. I shouldn't have dragged you around all those oil rigs. I don't think I did the right thing with you. You're wrong. You did do the right thing. I learned so much from you guys, and now you're going to space. Who'd have thunk working on an oil rig would make you qualified to be an astronaut? Yeah, you know, I'm still having some trouble wrapping my head around that part. But I had a great life. With you, with everyone. Because of you, I met AJ, so I- You don't I, have I... to apologize, okay? It is what it is, Gracie. I'm just saying, if something happens up there- Don't if... talk like you're not coming back. Promise me that you'll come back. Okay. Say, I promise. I promise. I Christmas promise. After a moment, Grace hugs Harry. Harry hugs her back, tightly, and fights back tears. And if it's not too much to ask, do you mind bringing my fiancé back with you? God damn it. Harry holds his daughter tightly, knowing in his heart of hearts all he's ever wanted was to see her happy. At the risk of extending the familial subplot of this tale of space travel, Chick is paying a visit to his ex-wife the morning of the launch. He reaches her doorstep as dawn approaches. You've got a lot of nerve showing up here. The police said you're not to be on the property. Please, Darla, let, let me see him just once. It's, it's important. No need of that, Chick. You turning up out of the blue will just confuse him. His wee little mind can't take it. You know, he's not good with processing faces and such. Well, he's my boy too, god dang it. It's Christmas, and I have a gift for him. Oh, I don't know about this, Chick. This might be a bad idea. Please, darling, might be my last. There he is. Hey, hey there, hey there, Thomas. That's my boy. I mean, you don't know who I am. I just came to give you something. It's Christmas after all. You know, my family invented giving presents on Christmas. My dad got me a present. His dad got him a present. And so on and so forth. Now, I'd like to give you a present. Me, a stranger, to you, a small child whom I've never met. Would that be okay, little man? <laughs> That's my boy. I mean, I'd say boy. Anyways, here, it's a genuine space helmet. Nothing much, but I just sort of saw it lying around and it made me think of you. I got something coming up, little man. Something big. When I get back, I'd love to see you guys again. Would you like that? That's quite enough now, chick. You're confusing the boy. Look how confused he is. Now go away with you. Get off the property now. Get off the place. Don't make me call the police, chick. You bloody drunk. Chick leaves the property, waving goodbye, perhaps for the last time, to his one and only son in what is the second family subplot of this story. It is the day of the launch, and the tension is palpable. Possible devastation from an asteroid impact awaits, and Christmas is right around the corner. 
the President of the United States makes an official address to the world. People of Earth, I address you tonight not as the President of the United States, not as the leader of a country, but as a citizen of humanity. We are faced with the very gravest of challenges. The Bible calls this day Armageddon, the end of all things. And yet, for the first time in the history of the planet, a species has the technology to prevent its own extinction. All of you praying with us need to know that everything that can be done to prevent this disaster is being called into service. The human thirst for excellence, knowledge, every step up the ladder of science, every adventurous reach of advancement, all of our combined modern technologies and imaginations, even the wars that we fought have provided us the tools to wage this terrible battle. Through all of the chaos that is our history, through all of the wrongs and the discord, through all of the pain and suffering, through all of our times, there is one thing that has nourished our souls and elevated our species above its origins, and that is our courage. May we all, citizens the world over, see these events through. Godspeed. And good luck to you. And Merry Christmas. Harry and his crew begin to make their way to the shuttle, and Truman watches on with General Kimsey. As the group walks, AJ is stopped by Grace for one final embrace. AJ holds her, and the pair laugh as AJ begins to sing his familiar song. A wee a wee a wee a wee the crew joins in as the pair of young lovers say their goodbye in an absurd fashion. Harry rolls his eyes and expects his crew to follow him until he sees they've joined in on AJ's shenanigans. Dang it, chick. That boy don't take anything seriously. Yeah, reminds me of a guy I used to know. Hey, this is my favorite song. What a hilarious send-up of this actually kind of touching moment from the original property. The crew continue moving forward, and AJ kisses Grace goodbye. As a unit, the crew marches towards the towering behemoths that are the two shuttles, Rudolph and the Dickens. The crew marches aboard, each entering their designated ships. Harry, Chick, Rockhound, Max, and General's main man, Colonel Willie, were on the Rudolph shuttle, while AJ, Oscar, Bear, and some random NASA guy without any lines were on the Dickens shuttle. Harry, the captain of Rudolph, and AJ, the captain of the Dickens, are the last two to board. How you feeling? Good, considering I've never been this scared before in my life, so, you know, good. Look, AJ, once we get up there, you're going to be on your own, okay? If anything should happen, just... I know, Harry. I'll try not to disappoint you. Harry watches AJ board the Dickens, pondering if he has, perhaps, been too hard on the boy. After the crew boards the shuttle, anxiety sets in as they get strapped into their seats and get set for launch. Hey, Harry. You know we're sitting on about four million pounds of fuel, one nuclear weapon, 
and a thing that has 270,000 moving parts built by the lowest bidder? Makes you feel good, doesn't it? I try not to think about it. How you doing, Oscar? Oh, I've got that excited, scared feeling where I'm 98% excited and 2% scared. Or is it 98% scared and 2% excited? Plus it's Christmas and that's what makes it so intense because I'm so confused. All right, crew, this is your pal Truman. It's almost go time. Fasten your seatbelts, we're getting set for liftoff. The space station begins calling off the go commands. All right, folks, it's time. On Oscar, on Chick, on Harry and AJ, on Rockhound, on Maxwell, on Bear, and more syllables. The crew is ready for launch. Crew, you're already heroes. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Lift off in T minus three, two. Live long and prosper. Lift off. We have Rudolph and the Dickens with a safe liftoff. Houston, it's in our court now. Hey, we're not out of the woods yet, folks. Good start so far, but we still have the entire mission. Save that celebration for Christmas morning. Rudolph and the Dickens, how is it on your end? This is a kick-ass ride. So far, so good up here. All I can see is, wow. Harry, looking through the front of the shuttle, is faced with the curvature of the Earth. All passengers take a moment to gaze at the splendor that few eyes in the history of human civilization have ever actually witnessed. This thing have a radio or something? I'm afraid I am all you've got for company, folks. Now listen, we're gonna need to fuel up at the Russian space station. That thing has been up there for 11 years. Most of us don't have cars that old. The fuel supply is run by a cosmonaut who's been there for 18 months, alone. So don't be surprised if he's a little off. This is Russian space station coming in loud and clear. Just to assure I can hear everything you are saying. Russian technology is quite equipped at taping radio interface. Hello, Rudolph and Dickens. Please talk and make your way on board. I will assign tests when you arrive. And please, for the love of God, wipe your feet before you enter. Rudolph and the Dickens dock safely at the Russian space station, and the crew make their way on board. It has the dank smell of a college dorm room and is about as clean. The crew from both shuttles have congregated on board, unsure of what to do next. Then, from an overhead compartment... Look out below! Welcome, Americans. Before we start, I want no one commenting on the integrity of this station. This is Russian space station, not a gas station. It is old, but built to last. We're not like Americans, having to upgrade our technology every year. We get it right the first time. Now, this can go easy peasy if you do as I say. Just hold these hoses and you'll be fine. Don't let them pinch or it won't pump as fast. Next, I need someone to help me with the gauge. You, come. Me? I did not stutter. Now come. The rest of you, fasten the fuel lines to your ships. The crew diligently do their tasks, 
while the Russian takes AJ down to the fuel chamber to inspect the gauges. So what do I do? Shut the door. You smoke? Uh, no. That's what you do. You smoke now. Here. You took me down here to smoke with you? I don't like smoking alone. You look like the least intimidating of all the crew, and least likely to snitch. Old Russian saying, snitches get stitches. We say that back home too. Uh, see? Lots in common. Now, smoke. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm not much of a smoker. Should we even be smoking this close to the fuel tank? Hey, come on. It's Christmas. Be cool. I'm just saying, it seems kind of dangerous. This is like my only time for break around here, so could you please... Sir, just about fueled up. We're stationed and ready. Lovely. AJ, return to your ship once you're released. <coughs> Coming. Not yet you're not. You finish your smoke. But I don't smoke. I just... American baby. Wah, wah, wah. So much for American cowboy. Fine, baby. Put it out. Wait, 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 where did, where did you put it out? In, in this ashtray. No. No, 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 you idiot. American idiot. That's not ashtray. That's fuel chamber. What? We got to get out of here. Damn! This emergency lock is engaged. We're in trouble. You screwed us. American baby screwed us. Uh, I didn't inhale. That bullshit don't fly with me. This thing is going to blow any second. We need to get out of here now. An alarm sounds across the Russian space station. The crew hurry back to their ships, except for Harry. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's AJ? The Dickens doesn't have AJ. He's part of the other crew. We need to go now. Yo, not without AJ. What are you doing? We can't just leave him behind. Sir, that's an emergency alarm. If we don't leave, the mission is over. It's him or all of us. No! Willie forces Harry back onto the ship and prepares for takeoff. Meanwhile, AJ and the Russian are crawling through the garbage chute to escape the fuel chamber. Yeah, this wouldn't have happened if you could hold your smoke. Hmm, this wouldn't have happened if you didn't smoke. American baby. Wah, wah. Keep crawling. We're almost there. The alarm on the Russian space station is now roaring, and flames have erupted from the fuel chamber. The Russian space station is now lit brighter than a Christmas tree. AJ and the Russian have made it through the garbage chute and raced to the entry gate to the Dickens. The door is opened by Bear, who grabs them both quickly and slams the door shut, mere seconds before departure. Come on! Both the Dickens and Rudolph leave the space station safely. Oh, that was a close one. My Russian space station will be fine. It has endured worse over many years. The space station explodes in a fiery, hellacious display. We'll be back. Russians always bounce back. Do you guys smell smoke? No. The crew was unscathed by the explosion, but were now heavy by one cosmonaut. Seeing as it's the holidays, they decide to let him stay. The final hours of the mission would prove to be the most challenging. 
The crew is preparing for the slingshot around the moon to make a landing on the asteroid from behind. After intense pressure, acceleration, and minor vomiting by most of the crew, the mission is on track. All right, team. The asteroid should be in your sights. Asteroid on target. Yeah, we see it too. Well, it's a lot of asteroid, folks. With any luck, we won't be seeing it much longer. Now, this next part of the mission is vital. You need to land on the asteroid. Hey, Truman, this is Harry. I hate to break it to you, but this isn't exactly parallel parking. This is a a moving, pointy target. How the hell are we supposed to land on this thing? You let the real astronauts worry about how we make the landing. You stick to drilling. It's the only thing you're qualified to do. How about I drill your head with my fist? You! Dad? Grace, is that you? What, What are you doing in NASA's control room? Dad, pull it together. You need to work as a team, remember? No, seriously, you're my daughter. You have no reason to be in the NASA control room. Kinda like how you have no reason to be on this ship? Wise guy, eh? Harry, you gotta work as a team, remember? Quiet on the dickens, AJ. Yes, sir. Brace yourself for landing, folks. This is gonna be a bumpy one. This is the scariest environment imaginable. Both shuttles were faced against the hurtling black mass that can only be described as haunting to the very core of the human condition. Seriously, this thing is terrifying. Like, so scary. So, so, so scary. As if it's your nightmare like your worst nightmare. But it's not your nightmare. It's actually happening. In front of your face. Like Tim Burton. Fucking... You know? You just have to see it. But then... The Rudolph shuttle shot towards the asteroid and was struck by an onslaught of debris. The Dickens crew had it far worse. They ran out of fuel. Guys, why aren't we moving? Sounds like someone didn't refuel properly at the Russian space station. Visors up! Visors up! Oscar, Russian bastard, visors up! The Dickens crew struck the edge of the asteroid. AJ, Bear, and the Russian bastard hurried into the cargo hold of the shuttle, while the NASA pilot, who didn't have any lines, shot through the front of the shuttle. Meanwhile, Oscar has troubles with his visor. Guys, guys, where's my helmet? Did someone take my helmet? Truman and Grace and other members of the control room are in a panic. The Dickens was in danger of losing all contact. What's happening? We're losing the Dickens. Dickens, do you copy? But it was too late. The Dickens crashed into the asteroid. They're gone. We have lost our Dickens. I can't seem to get through to Rudolph. Grace, maybe you, uh, maybe you shouldn't be here. I don't have anywhere else to go. Meanwhile, Rudolph, despite the debris, made a safe landing. Colonel Willie is trying to turn on the radio contact while the rest of the crew are shocked by what just happened. Truman, do you copy? Rudolph has made a safe landing. Do you copy? We are preparing for drill phase. 
what, what, what happened to the Dickens? What, what, what happened to the other shuttle? The Dickens is off the grid. Off the grid? What are you, a freaking cyborg? Off the grid? What's that supposed to mean? But it's Christmas! You saw it yourself, right? They're gone. Oh, but, but... Hey, keep it together, guys. Come on. Let's just... Let's just ask God to take care of our friends. God! Take care of our friends. <sighs> May they rest in peace. Now come on, everybody. We only have eight hours to do this. We have to drill 800 feet to drop the detonator. This, this hole ain't gonna drill itself. That's why we're here, to drill the hole, to save the earth in time for Christmas. Let's go. What's our location, Willie? I can't get a reading of our location. Our radio was busted. I know where we are. Why don't you just let me- Please, please step away. The radio is dead. Segment 202, lateral grid nine, site 15H02, give or take a few yards. Captain America over here, he blew the landing by 26 miles. What a bozo. Well, the radio won't scan. It's like we're plugged into some magnetic field. And would anyone on the spaceship like to know why? We were shooting for grid eight because grid nine is made up of compressed iron ferrite. You landed us on an iron plate. How the hell do you know that? Because I'm a genius. Well, you heard the man. Get the drill and the materials out, and we'll bring out the remote radio to reestablish contact. Meanwhile, over at the wreckage site of the shuttle the Dickens, there is movement amongst the rubble. AJ emerges, staggering in his spacesuit like a baby deer on a fresh sheet of ice. He stumbles and discovers Oscar, lifeless in the wreckage. Oscar! Help! Is anybody alive? Anyone? AJ! I am alive. Don't worry, comrade. I'm, I'm here. No. Anyone else, please! Don't worry, comrade. I'll never leave your side again. Let's celebrate us cheating death with a smoke. <laughs> AJ? AJ, is that you? Oh, thank God. Bear? Bear, is that you? Yeah, I made it. Never thought I'd be so happy to see your ugly face. I kid, I kid. It's a major relief. We need to find the Rudolph crew. How exactly? This ship isn't going anywhere anytime soon. The drill. Check the drill. You can't drive a drill, you idiots. Maybe you can't, but we can. AJ, Bear, and the Russian go through the cargo bay and uncover the drill, revealing a large tractor contraption with large tires Knox tank, and American flag with a bald eagle holding a shotgun painted across the side. You Americans, you put wheels on everything. I'm driving. Shotgun. AJ, Bear, and the reluctant Russian jump on the drill rig. AJ turns on the ignition of the contraption, and the radio begins blaring Christmas and Hollis. The trio crank the Knox and go cruising across the asteroid in search of their team. Back in the control room on Earth, 
Truman is attempting to establish radio contact with the Rudolph shuttle, while General Kinsey grimaces in the distance. Grace, I have good news. We have contact with the Rudolph shuttle, meaning they made it. But the radio contact is spotty at best. I'm attempting to reroute the signal to bounce off of a Russian satellite. That sucker is three times the size of Texas. We should know where they're at before long. And hopefully nothing unexpected occurs, Mr. Truman. What's that supposed to mean? Oh, nothing. It would just be unfortunate if your crew couldn't get the job done and were faced with an unexpected Christmas surprise. Do you know something I don't? Why do you keep pausing before every adjective? What's going on? Given your plan was a little unorthodox, the president made it clear that that nuclear warhead is backed up with a remote detonator that will trigger a countdown clock when I press the big red button. What? We don't even know how deep they've gone yet. You don't have the authority. Oh, but I do. Call it secondary protocol. <laughs> you bastard you confusing bastard <laughs> merry christmas truman meanwhile on the opposite side of the asteroid harry and his crew have set up their own drill in an effort to dig through the unforgiving landscape to no such luck let's go guys come on we only have eight hours to hit 800 feet How's it going up there, Max? It's... Uh, not! Whoa, easy, easy, Max. Hold it, hold it. You're going too fast. I think... I think it's stripped. Ah, oh, you can't be serious. It's not so bad. We've seen busted drill heads before, right? Not after 50 feet, Harry. Uh, well, now you have. C come on, chick. Uh, let's go. Chick and I are gonna go find another drill head in the cargo bay. You, you guys keep watch over the site. Yeah, good call. We'll keep watch over the site. We'll just make sure Marvin the Martian doesn't come strolling along and say, hey, how do you make this Hattie do? That's a cartoon, Rockhound. That's a joke, Max. Harry and Chick return to the cargo hold of the Rudolph shuttle, and Colonel Willie is attempting to establish contact with the remote radio satellite. Colonel Willie, any luck making contact? It's spotty, but it'll do. How far along are we? We're just replacing the drill head. We'll be back to work soon. How deep, though? My crew and I are taking care of it. Don't worry. The drill head just stripped. We'll hit 800 soon enough. As a special military space operative, I demand that you tell me the status of that hole. Jeez, Chick, this guy's worse than Greenpeace. Listen, we'll get it done on schedule. We just hit a snag. A snag? The fate of the world hangs in the balance. We don't have time for snags, Stamper. When you're a driller, snags happen, Willie. He knew sending a team of drillers to space to blow up an asteroid was perhaps a poor choice. I didn't have the guts to say it then, but I'll say it now. Oh, come on, then say it. Say it. You and your team are the worst mistake in the history of NASA. How dare you, sir? Now, I order you to tell me, after two hours, how deep God, are 50 we? 50 goddamn feet, are you happy? 50 goddamn feet. If you hadn't crash-landed us on raw metal, perhaps we'd be further along, but we're not. Now leave us alone and let us get to work. Colonel Willie is silent. 
The thought of being less than one sixteenth through the dig with only several hours remaining drained all the life from his face and every ounce of Christmas spirit from his soul. Instead, a sense of duty took over. Colonel Willie drew his handgun and pointed it at Harry. Whoa, Willie, what, what the hell? That's a gun. What are you doing? This is Colonel Willie Sharp. Do you copy? Who are you talking to? Engage secondary protocol. Do you copy? Secondary protocol? What's, what's going on here, Willie? You see that nuclear warhead? It's got a remote detonator. If you can't get the job done, the U.S. government is taking matters into their own hands. Once they copy my request, it'll be my show now. From across the cargo hold, the nuclear warhead suddenly activates and a clock begins counting down. Two minutes until detonation. Looks like they copied. Willie, you gotta think this through. What are you doing? You and your men brought this on us. Willie, come on, man. Come on, this. let's not do something we might regret here. You promised we'd have this done. And we still will. This is just a snag. You blow that nuke now, and you'll have just put on an expensive Christmas display for planet Earth to watch before we're mowed down by space rocks. Think, Willie, think. This... This is the only chance we got left. As Colonel Willie trembles, pointing the gun at Harry, the cargo doors open, revealing Max and Rockhound. So anyway, Max, I says to her, I says, that guy's a bum, and he goes to dump her, and then, whoa, hold on, what the... Harry, Willie, Chick, what is going on here? What are we doing? What the hell did we miss? What? Someone explain this to me. Colonel Willie, distracted, turns to look at the door. Harry dives and punches Colonel Willie in the face, and Chick wrestles the gun out of his hand. Colonel Willie is pinned to the ground by Harry, both men lost in the pleading innocence in each other's eyes. It doesn't have to be this way. I'm sorry I punched you, Willie. I'm, I'm really strong. All I know are fists. Just know that. You don't owe them anything down there. Trust us up here. We're with you. We need to disable that remote detonator. We can make 800 feet. Trust us, Willie. Swear. Swear on your daughter's life, on my family's life, that we'll make it home for Christmas. I swear. I Christmas swear. Then let's make 800 feet. Colonel Willie and Harry shake hands triumphantly. Colonel Willie has found his Christmas spirit once again. He springs into action and begins taking apart the remote detonator. One minute until detonation. Harry and Chick watch on while Max and Rockhound are gripping each other in fear. 30 seconds until detonation. Colonel Willie has one task remaining. Is it the red wire or the green wire? The colors of Christmas flash before his eyes, unsure of which to choose. His favorite or his least favorite? 15 seconds remaining. Red, the color of passion, fire, and intensity. Green, the color of greed, envy, and green jello. Five seconds remaining. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Green wire snipped. Detonation terminated. Holy cow, Willie. You disabled the bomb. With only like 0.01 second left. That's a close one. You did it. No. We did it. Thank you, Harry. I'm sorry I lost my Christmas spirit. Hey, don't worry about it. Snags happen. High five. 
I hate space. Meanwhile, back at NASA, General Kinsey is still laughing maniacally. Grace is sobbing, and Truman is trying to comfort her. <laughs> that rock must have been blown into smithereens by now. Merry Christmas, one and all. You don't know that for sure. We don't have radio contact. <laughs> of course we don't. They're dead, you hear me? Dead, deader than disco. Fuck you, you unhelpful piece of shit. That's my dad up there. And disco is a respected genre. Hello, NASA? Is this thing on? Oh my god, we have contact! The Russian satellite worked! This is Harry Stamper of the Rudolph Shuttle. NASA, do you copy? We copy. We copy. Cool. Just reporting that we have dismantled the remote detonator on this nuke you saddled us with. Thanks to some help from my new pal, Colonel Willie, we're gonna be taking care of this on our own, thank you. I don't know who came up with that whole secondary protocol, let's blow up the bomb on our own time bullshit, but whoever did that is a real maroon. Yeah! As a matter of fact, to them I say, Houston, you have a problem. Eh? Stamper, That's my dad! Looks like we're back on track, folks. Now, would someone mind taking out the trash? Everyone looks over at General Kinsey, who hangs his head in shame as he makes his sad exit as Peanuts music is heard. He exits slowly and shamefully. As he makes his way to the door, some punk kid runs in and pants him, <laughs> revealing his underpants for all to see. The control room laughs as he continues shuffling with his pants around his ankles. Back in outer space, Harry and his team have returned to drilling. There's a tone of holiday merriment as they thread the new drill head. Max, in the driver's seat of the contraption, begins to lower it into the hole to resume drilling. Guys, this has been one hell of a mission thus far. But I just want to say, whatever happens, I'm proud of each and every one of you. Bring it in, guys. Group hug. Ah, thanks, Harry. Yeah, thanks. Oh, guys! Don't worry, Max. There'll be enough group hug for you later. You just keep drilling. Once Max gets us through this metal plate, we'll be drilling in no time. Guys, the drill feels really unstable. Hey, interesting thing about this particular metal compound. Yes, Rockhound, please share. Well, it's quite rare. There's at least two, maybe 300 feet of this stuff. G guys, can you hear me? The, the motor's heating up. And what's interesting is exposure to intense friction can often cause it to heat up. And in rare cases, drill has exploded, sending Max into the recesses of deep space. Um... Holy shit! Combust. Max! Bye, Max. We're doomed. A deeper, but yet not deep enough, hole remains where Max had previously drilled. Pieces of the machinery are spread across their workstation. Well, well, you know, this it's been nice knowing you. That's it. We're done for. Rockhound go bye-bye. Rockhound, relax. Don't tell me to relax. Quit trying to rub my shoulders. I don't want to be touched right now. Don't touch me like you know me. I cannot relax. Look at us. 
Look around. This is Dr. Seuss's worst nightmare. This is garbage. Max is dead. So is every other poor schmuck on the Dickens. Earth is doomed. And quite frankly, I hate to say it, guys, but don't say it. I'm losing my Christmas spirit. This can't be. It's space madness. He's come down with space madness. What does that mean? It starts with losing one sense of self. That includes Christmas spirit. It ends with him murdering each and every one of us. Sorry, guys. I've, I've got space madness. It, it's happening. Time to die. Willie, you still got that gun? Harry and the crew restrain Rockhound, who has begun wielding pieces of drill shrapnel that are soaked in oil and blood. Rockhound attempts to take off his helmet to douse his face in blood for war paint. War! But Colonel Willie ties him up with cord. Let go of me! Guys, I'm fine. Folks, we noticed a disturbance over the Capcom. What's the situation? Who's going to be the one to tell him that the fate of the world has been sealed? and that we're not gonna make it home for Christmas. Hey guys, do you mind not telling them about the space madness? That'd be a bonus. Well, Truman, I've got some bad news. With my daughter Grace there. Dad? Truman, Gracie, it's, it's not looking good up here. Our drill just exploded and Max is gone. I don't think we're going to hit 800 feet, or destroy the asteroid, or save planet Earth. And worst of all, I don't think we're going to make it home in time for Christmas. I think this might be goodbye. Not on my watch. AJ? He's alive? He's alive! Over the horizon of the asteroid, AJ, Bear, and the Russian come cruising in at top speed, still blaring their stereo. Harry's team cheers as they make their way down to the workstation. Hey, Jen. You son of a bitch. We're back, baby! Woo! Nobody can stop the Russians! Nobody! <laughs> hey, Harry. Miss me? AJ, I just got five words for you, boy. Damn, I'm glad to see you, you little so-and-so. Oh, it's more than five words. Truman, scratch that last message. We're hitting 800. Over and out. We're coming home for Christmas. Harry and his team are now back on schedule and are making up for lost time. With the magic of Christmas at their side, they have managed to reach 700 feet in record time. Can your dad and your boyfriend hit 100 more feet in less than an hour? They better. And he's not my boyfriend. He's my fiance. AJ is strapped into the drill rig, applying more and more pressure to push through the last 100 feet. Just then, the contraption begins to shake and vibrate in a familiar way. This thing is gonna blow, AJ. I can't, I can't, but it's uh, indeed very unstable over here, pal. We can do this. Pull back, AJ, pull back. We don't have time. We can push through. AJ, take it easy. This is how we lost Max, AJ. Come on, don't be a fool. For the love of God, Harry, if you ever had a time to trust me, now is the time I can do this. <laughs> We're getting pretty unstable down here, gang. We're at 750. We can do this, please, Harry. AJ, AJ, I don't, oh, what the heck. AJ, make the call. You mean it? I believe in you. You can do it. Push through, Bear. 
keep the drill stable. Chick, keep Bear stable. Harry and Willie, support the back end. We're at 775, keep going. Come on, kiddo, come on. 780, 790, 800, we got 800! We got 800! The control room cheers in joy. Truman and Grace high five triumphantly. AJ and the team cry out in victory while Harry smiles and watches on, beaming with quiet pride. Now, the bomb must be lowered and detonated within the hour, or else pieces of the asteroid could still collide with Earth. The crew returns to the shuttle to retrieve the warhead, but then Colonel Willie shares some grave news. Truman, do you copy? Guys, I just realized something. I cut the remote detonator that prevents the U.S. military from detonating it from back on Earth. But it also means our own remote no longer works. What's that mean, Willie? That we've got a dud bomb on our hands? You could have told us that sooner. Not exactly. The bomb is still fully intact. It just means it can only be detonated manually. So one of us has to stay behind? And blow it up. You son of a bitch. I'll do it. I made a pledge to serve. Yeah, the hell you did, Dirty Harry. No way. I'm not going back to Russia to tell them that American yippee Christmas cowboy saved the world. I'll do it. Look, it takes at least two people to operate the shuttle. Either we all stay and die, or we draw straws. I say, we stay and die. I'll draw. Let's draw. Nobody's drawn straws. I'll stay and do it. Harry Stamper, you son of a bitch. Hey, guys, listen. I don't I don't have space madness anymore. That was that was just a thing. You know, it happened. It's in the past. Now I wouldn't mind taking on this gig to sweep the whole trying to kill you thing under the rug of American history. Come on. Let's draw straws and see who's gonna stay up here and dance. I kid, I kid. Let's uh, not let levity undermine this poignant moment. Folks, this is an honorable decision. Your planet is with you. Grace, sitting next to Truman, is wide-eyed with concern in the control room. Colonel Willie comes back with a handful of wires in his hand. One at a time, each of the crew draws a length of wire from Colonel Willie's hand and observes the length. Uh, is this good or bad? AJ. You drew the short straw. Oh, man. Well, we all gotta die, right? I'm the one who gets to do it saving the world. Here's the manual detonator. Just fasten it into the warhead, press the button, and hold. Press and hold. Even I can't screw this one up, right, Harry? I'll lower him down to the warhead. AJ and Harry step into the lift with the warhead. The crew shares a solemn and teary-eyed farewell to AJ as they begin to lower back down to the base of the asteroid. As the airlock door opens, AJ begins to tremble in his steps onto the asteroid. Harry, when you see Grace, tell her I'll always be with her. No, you can tell her yourself. Harry rips the oxygen tank connected to AJ's suit and pushes him back into the lift. Harry rips off the NASA patch on his suit and palms it into AJ's hand. He closes the lift door and turns on the airlock. 
Give that NASA patch to Truman. Make sure he gets that, okay? Harry, no! What are you doing? It's my turn now. My turn to be hero. Harry, this is my job! You said you wanted to marry my daughter, right? Be a partner. Be a good person. Be there for her. That's your job now, okay? I'm sorry I've been so tough on you, AJ. It's because I see so much of myself in you. You can do anything. And I'd be damn proud if you'd marry her. I've always thought of you like a son, AJ. Hope that ain't weird. The lift begins to transport AJ back up towards the shuttle, with AJ weeping in disbelief. Harry! No! Bye, son. Harry! Be well. I love you, son. Merry Christmas. AJ's lift returns to the shuttle, and the crew are waiting as the doors open. They see AJ, his face wet with tears. What happened? What? I, I thought... I thought AJ was staying with the bomb. What's going on? Someone explain. Son of a bitch. That stubborn son of a bitch. We need to get moving. We have less than 10 minutes before the point of no return. The crew hurry to get the shuttle ready for liftoff, while Colonel Willie helps fasten the shell-shocked AJ into his seat. Meanwhile, on the asteroid's surface, Harry is reaching into the hole he must descend into with the warhead. Before he goes, he makes one last call. Hey, Truman. You copy? Just, just wondering if Grace is still in the control room. <laughs> Knowing her, she still is. She's here. I'd, I'd kind of like to say something to her, if I could. Grace approaches the radio contact. Everyone in the control room, as well as all the crew waiting to depart aboard the Rudolph shuttle, are listening intently. Dad? Grace, uh... There's been a bit of a change here in the mission, I, and, well, I know I promised you I was coming home. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I think I'm going to have to break that promise. And I lied to you when I said I didn't want to be like you, because I am like you. All the best parts of me are because of you, and I don't blame you for mom leaving. She left both of us. I blame her. Her and Richard Attenborough. I love you so much, Dad. I'm so proud of you. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I know you're scared. And it's okay. But there won't be anything to be scared of real soon, okay? I want you to know... AJ saved us. He did. And I believe in him. I believe in his t-shirt business, too. I want you to tell Chick that I couldn't have done it without him. None of it. I want you to take care of AJ, okay? Be good. I wish I could be there to walk you down the aisle, and I'll always be with you, okay? Always. I love you, Gracie. Merry Christmas. Dad, no. The radio signal cut off. <laughs> A heavy silence reigns across the control room as she places her hand upon the contact board as if she were reaching out for him.
The crew of the Rudolph shuttle wipe away their tears for their leader and prepare for the venture home. But there's more trouble. I can't... It won't start. Are you kidding me? Are we staying or are we going? We're going. We just... Uh... God, I am surrounded by Americans. Let me look. You don't know the components. American components, Russian components, all made in Taiwan. Guys, this might be a bad time to mention. If we don't get out of here soon, I'm going to get another round of space madness. This is Truman to Rudolph. Do you copy? What's the holdup? We're not going anywhere, it seems. We don't have the firepower. Why didn't you say so? The Russian runs to the back of the shuttle to the fuel chamber and opens the chamber valve. What the hell are you doing? Saving your asses. You're welcome. He takes out his cigarettes, lights one, takes a long, sweet drag. <sighs> that was for you, Comrade Harry. He flicks the cigarette down the chamber valve. The rockets of the shuttle immediately ignite, launching the ship into space. Holy shit! Thrusters engage! We have liftoff. Do you have control? This defies all the laws of science, but yes, I have control. My gift to you. A holiday miracle. <laughs> Merry Christmas from Russia. The Rudolph shuttle has lifted off safely from the asteroid and heads back towards Earth. Colonel Willie took one last look at the asteroid as he steered the ship home. Merry Christmas, Harry. Harry, I hope you copy. We're in the final minute before the point of no return. It's all on you, big guy. Harry watches the Rudolph leave the asteroid, and from the bottom of the hole holds the warhead in his hands. Fear begins to creep into Harry's mind. Is he making the right decision? Is this going to save the world? What if he fails? What if he threw it all away for nothing? But then, Harry looked to the sky and saw a holy presence descend upon him with a message. Ho, ho, ho! You can do it, Harry! Use your Christmas spirit! <laughs> Harry knew what he had to do. This is for Earth. This is for his friends. This is for Grace. Harry pressed and held the remote detonator. He felt the ground beneath him immediately shift. A flash of light erupts before him, and he sees glimpses of Grace's childhood flash before his eyes. One memory evolves into the next, like a dream, except he is wide awake. Harry is now in a white room all by himself. He's wearing his usual work coveralls. You have done well, Harry. Who said that? It is I, the creator. The Alpha, the Omega, the Eternal, and the Divine. It's... It's you. You mean... All this time. Yes, Harry. I've been with you from the beginning. Santa. Not quite, but close. It's me. Better known as the Holiday Spirit. The creator of the heavens, the earth, and everything in between. You've been very good this year. You gave the ultimate sacrifice to give the gift of life. You gave AJ the confidence to be a better person. You gave Chick... Rockhound, Max, Oscar, and Bear all a loyal sense of purpose. You gave Willie a glimpse of what truly matters in life, and possibly a broken jaw. And you gave your daughter, Grace, 
the truest sense of self so she may see a model of a life well lived. That life is yours, Harry. Am I... Dead? Oh, most definitely. There's nothing left of you but radioactive vapor. Your sacrifice has placed you on the eternal nice list. You have given us a story to be told for centuries. And in return for your sacrifice, I can grant you one wish. A wish? Anything? Anything at all. Anything in your wildest dreams. If you could have one thing, what would it be? I wish I wasn't dead. Yeah, that's not possible. Imagine you had two wishes, let's say. What would that other thing be? What do you wish more than anything, apart from being alive? No, I've, I, I've made a huge mistake. How can I have done this? What, what, what if it didn't work? What if I failed everyone? What, what if this was the wrong choice? Harry, you have to believe. How? How can I believe? You have to have faith, Harry. Faith that maybe tomorrow will be better. I just... I want to live again. Please. I want to live again. You can't, Harry. I'm sorry. But your gift to the world lets you live again in a different way. Remember Grace. You still have one wish, Harry. You don't have to tell me. You just have to want it deep in your heart for it to come true. That's the magic of Christmas. Harry, that is beautiful. But first, we should get them home safely, shouldn't we? We have a successful detonation. Repeat, a successful detonation. The asteroid is destroyed. That son of a bitch. That crazy son of a bitch did it. Hold your family and friends close. No, Harry. You the man. Have yourselves a merry little Christmas, planet Earth. Houston, we're coming home. Christmas is saved. Earth destruction narrowly avoided thanks to a team of... Drillers? Am I reading that right? Holiday heroes, save the day! A brave team of space people make their landing in Houston today. Christmas to follow. As the Rudolph shuttle hurriedly entered the Earth's atmosphere, Chick decided to ask the crew what they were looking forward to most once they landed to keep them from vomiting all over Colonel Willie, who was doing his best to steer the shuttle. So what are you lads looking forward to the most once we land? I really gotta pee. I'll tell you what I'm not looking forward to. When we get back to Earth, I gotta pay a debt to a loan shark for a hundred G's I spent on a stripper named Candy Cane. And the worst part of all is, I thought she was really into me. Hoi! All I want is to hold my wife and tell her I love her. Lame. <laughs> oh yeah? What about you? What are you looking forward to? Me? I ain't got nothing waiting for me when I land. Especially now that Harry's gone. Hey guys, if you could just downplay the space madness chapter of this story, that'd be, uh, that'd be great. Rudolph shuttle passes through the Earth's atmosphere, makes a safe landing. 
The crew exit the ship to an adoring crowd of people on Christmas morning. They are waving Christmas garlands and passing out turkey drumsticks to all the children. Nothing but smiles and adoration welcome back the holiday heroes. Much to Chick's surprise, he sees Darla and Thomas running toward him with broad Christmas smiles on their faces. Darla, Thomas. I told him everything, Chick, everything. Thomas, this man is your daddy. He saved the world. He's gonna come live with us. Would that be okay, Thomas? Would that be okay? Oh, you said it. I'll be home just in time for Christmas and just in time for your 16th birthday. I love you, kid. Chick places on Thomas's head his new space helmet that clearly has a name tag that reads Oscar sticking across the back. Meanwhile, AJ has been searching for his love, Grace. Finally, he spots her, and they run to each other in a slow-motion embrace that isn't really used in modern storytelling much anymore. As the pair share a passionate embrace, they are interrupted by Colonel Willie. Pardon me, but are you Grace Stamper? Yes. Special Military Space Operative Colonel Willie Sharp, I worked with your father on the Rudolph. And may I just say that you come from the steeliest pair of balls that I've ever met in my life. Grace shakes his hand as Truman and Sal approach. AJ hands Truman the patch that Harry had given him. Oh, Truman, Harry wanted you to have this? A NASA patch? What the hell? Yeah, I have no idea what it means. I was literally suffocating when he gave it to me. Truman thought long and hard and remembered telling Harry about his love for Star Trek and how he wanted the symbol of an astronaut. Truman smiled, knowing deep down what he really meant was a Starfleet badge. I love it. It's the best gift I could have asked for. Sal walks away frustrated from Truman, holding a secret Santa bag that contained a coffee mug that read, out of this world boss. Then, a familiar friend passed over the sky on Christmas morning. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, one and all! Christmas, at long last, was saved, and peace was restored on planet Earth. Knowing the preciousness of the gift of life, Grace and AJ decided to have a special Christmas wedding that same day. Bear even gave up his night in the president's suite at the White House for them to use for their honeymoon. The ceremony was paid for by NASA, and much like their space mission, spared no expense. Truman offered to walk Grace down the aisle, to which she politely declined. Walking Grace down the aisle was none other than the ghost of Harry Stamper, whose wish of seeing his cherished daughter find true happiness come true. All thanks to a little Christmas magic. Thus concludes our broadcast day. I hope you all enjoyed our tale of love, friendship, and most importantly, space travel. But if this story can prove anything, it's that even when it seems like the sky is falling, when it feels like it's the end of the world, when faced with times of uncertainty and unrest, just remember, love conquers fear. Thank you for listening. And to all of you, Merry Christmas.